I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Sorry, fucking audio issues out the gate. We're good. <laughs> um, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's doing well. Merry Christmas. It is getting closer and closer to um, Christmas time as we speak. Well, it's Christmas time, but closer to Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, which is the real Christmas Day. Um, my family and I are going to get our tree on Sunday, December 6th. As I'm recording, it's Saturday, December 5th, but you're probably listening to this, um, on December 6th, Sunday. I hope everybody's doing uh, all right, doing well. And, um, you know, not much has been going on. Very quiet on both the Yankee front and the Knicks front lately. Um, don't expect much from, um, you know, I, I don't expect much in terms of the Knicks front for a bit and, to, you know, because it's, it's the end of the off season and training camp is, is underway now and, and you know, probably not going to hear much and, until the season actually starts. So fucking, it's going to be quiet. Um, but as for the Yankees, still pretty quiet on their front too. Um, we did get some news. You know, we did get some more injury news because what is, you know, what are the Yankees without injury news in 2020, right? Every year, really. But, um, so we got some surgery news that Gio Urshela had to get a bone spur removed and he's going to be on the bench, not on the bench, but he's going to be, um, sidelined for three months. So expected to be back. Near the end of spring training, you know, but knowing the Yankees, you know, um, yeah, okay, <laughs> right. Knowing the Yankees, it's it's not something um, that I think is going to be um, optimistic. I, I don't expect you or Shella to be ready right away. <laughs> Fucking, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, he will be day to day as soon as. The original timeline is up. Supposed to be back, you know, three weeks into spring training. And, you know, obviously, considering, you know, the season does start on time. I just have this feeling, man. It's going to be day by day. Week by week. Month to month. You know, I feel like just, just what they always do. They're going to give us a soft timeline. Then they're going to waterboard us for a few days and and just bullshit around the bush. And, and he'll be out longer, way longer maybe even, than expected. Just knowing the Yankees, this is something that might not just go as as they say right away. You know, because at the end of the uh, playoffs, they asked Aaron Boone, any uh, surgeries to any specific players you expect this offseason? No. No, and here we are. Gio Rochelle is getting the bone spur removed, uh, I think, in the elbow. So 
that happened. Don't get me wrong. Fucking, I would love for him to be ready opening day, but I just don't see that happening, playing out in the Yankees' case, because this team just, not only do they handle injuries terribly, it's just they, they, they botch their information. They always go soft with it. They always give you the optimistic outlook. But if you've been watching this team for a while, you know not to buy that anymore. So I'm, I'm just going to see what the fuck happens. Fucking hell, it sucks. Um, but if, if, you know, worst case scenario, you know, he's good. And if he's not ready by opening day and if he's out for a few days uh, longer than we expect, maybe a few weeks, hopefully not a few months, but I don't expect, I, you know, I don't expect it to be that bad. But if he's out for a bit and, and we don't see him at the start of opening day and beyond, um, you know, it's Miggy and, you know, what it looks like Torres still. Um, on the left side of the infield. And that is a defensive nightmare if you're the Yankees. You know, we still have to see what the Yankees decide to do with shortstop, right? Because there's been talks of moving Torres to fucking uh, fucking back to second base and maybe slide LeMahieu over to first and find somewhere, you know, some partner for Voigt to trade. There's been talks of that, but... You know, I don't see that happening. I think Torres is going to be there. And um, so if Urshela is not ready, it's going to be Andujar, most likely Andujar and Torres. And that is just a defensive nightmare. The offensive potential is there, but, oh, man, that's going to be very sloppy. So hopefully, Gio Urshela, gold glove caliber third baseman, is ready by opening day. Um, yesterday, Jared Carabas posted a Twitter clip that I'm sure Yankees fans loved. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious for one. Um, but the Dominican Winter League, I, I guess, just started up and it was Gary Sanchez's first night, um, yesterday, Friday, and swinging and missing at a ball low and away. Literally looking like Gary, you know. Nothing different. Nothing has fucking changed. It just looked like him. He did hit one to Mars today. So if that makes you feel better tonight, um, Gary went deep. But <laughs> struck him out a couple of times already in two games. So, um, yeah. There was news that Brian Cashman, I don't know, I didn't really read the article. I just saw the headline, raised my eyebrows and, and fucking shrugged it off. Um, but there's news that Brian headline, uh, Brian headline, Brian Cashman says he would love for Aaron Boone to stick around for 10 more years. <laughs> and I made the comparison on, uh, made a post on Facebook. The Yankees remind me of the television show lost because they just live in a loop and they have no clue. They refuse to realize or admit or admit certain things, and they just keep going through the same pattern. Get the hopes up in the regular season, a couple teasers in the postseason, some wins, but ultimately they end up going home, and it's the same issues every year. <laughs> and I think Aaron Boone is one of those issues. Ten more years, huh? <laughs> Please don't be real. It should be like the election. 
you should have it should be a vote fans get to vote every fucking uh, couple of years every time a contract is up fans should get to vote whether or not they want to renew it <laughs> you know I'd be voting the other way but I'm sure 100,000 votes will come in overnight for Aaron Boone out of nowhere out the ass all right, all right, all right. Um, what was I gonna say? So when when Kyle Schwarber was non-tendered the other day, I kind of jokingly said, "Don't even think about it, Yankees fans and and the Yankees." Um, but here we fucking go. The rumors start swir- swirling a bit. Saw an article that goes MLB.com. Don't know who wrote it. Didn't even click on the damn thing. Just saw the headline. Um, Kyle Schwarber would be perfect for the Yankees. (laughs) Yeah, if you're talking in a, you know, stereotypical sense, of course. Lefty, strikeout prone. You know, Mendoza, line hitter. Hits home runs. Poor defensive player. In bad shape. Sure. He's perfect in that aspect. Adding fuel to the fire. Put him in the same lineup as a Gary Sanchez. And there you have it. It's the ultimate boomer bust lineup. God, I hate these fucking, uh, fucking bullshit articles. He'd be terrible for us, guys. The last thing we want is another one of those boomer bust bats. You know, no thank you. We have enough guys who strike out a ton. Um, <laughs> fucking Kyle Schwarber. Oh, I don't know. I think I mentioned this last time. Um, but the LeMahieu rumor, it seems like he wants... I think his camp um, is asking for $100 million across five years. I'd do it, man. Listen, I would do that. I would do that. I wouldn't think about it twice. Um, he's just been that valuable to this team. You know, he wins the batting title. He hits 364, was it? After a year where he hit 320-something across the full season. <laughs> Plays fucking defense. Can switch around the infield. And is one of the few contact bats that you have on this team. Which, that's the reason they go home every year. Because they don't have enough of that. Um... And in a hitter like that, somebody who relies on fundamentals and IQ as opposed to strength, power, speed, and, and physical assets, I think you can you can do that, right? At age 32, you can pony up and give him a deal for five more years because he doesn't rely on that shit. Those types of players, you know, guys who rely on you know, perfect perfecting fundamentals and you know, just have a high IQ. You can give those players those deals and get away with it. You know, because he he's consistent. He's proved it. He has a history of being a very good contact hitter. Um, and I think players like that, players that don't fucking rely on the long ball and the fucking strength and hitting it 500 feet with an exit velo of whatever, you'll get more production, you know, at that age. So if he were to be signed for fucking five years, you know, at age 37, that contract is up. I think at worst, uh, we talked about it before, at worst, you're getting a 270-something hitter. 
You know, I really think so. Fucking, I see this guy making 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 that contract worth it if it were to be 100 across five. That's 20 AAV. Worth it. Especially on the Yankees. He is, I mean, he, he is, I don't think LeMayu would be as good as he is anywhere else. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. He's perfect on the, for this Yankees team. He's perfect for the Yankees. So, we'll see what happens on that front, man. Looking like it's somewhat getting warmer. I think ultimately, again, the, the two sides will come to an agreement. Might be a little shorter than five years. Might be four years. Fucking four years for fucking 80. I don't know. Maybe a player option somewhere in there. I don't know. And that's really it. There's been a couple of, uh, you know, some hearsay about, um, you know, with a shallow starting pitching market, the Yankees may be looking to bolster their pen, you know, because they've lost fucking, uh, what's his name? Tommy Canley, who I forgot to mention last time out. Not just Holder. Fucking, they lost Jonathan Holder, who doesn't really, you know, do much, but they lost Tommy Canley. So they're going to have to get some guys. It's a, it's a shallow bullpen. It's not a very good bullpen anymore. It's underperformed. Um, so, they're going to have to kick some tires. Maybe on a Hendricks. Maybe on a Bradley. You know, the current state of this bullpen is not very good, man. I'm telling you. I don't love the Yankees bullpen. I never even loved the Yankees bullpen when everybody was hyping it up like three or four years ago. I didn't even love it that much then. Ever since Andrew Miller left, they haven't been the same. I loved Andrew Miller was my favorite. Chad Green... Kind of not the same. He was very good in 2017. Pretty good in 2018. Then he kind of, you know, became inconsistent last couple of seasons. Aroldis Chapman. Blowing postseason games left and right. Year after year. Fucking getting older. Doesn't have the same velo. You know, throwing 99 isn't scary anymore. Zach Britton. Our best reliever. By miles. Fucking getting older, though. So we don't know if he's going to be the same. And who do you look at after that? There's nobody after Britain that scares the shit out of you. Nobody even really, I don't know, nobody jumps out. So, yeah, maybe they bolster that pen a bit. I know they're trying to stay under the 210 tax, so it's going to be interesting. But I know Liam Hendricks is looking for something. You know, he's looking for a deal. Three years, thirty million is what I'm hearing. It's a little pricey if, if you're the Yankees and you're trying to be cheap. Um, but he is a very fucking good relief pitcher, man. One point seventy nine ERA with Oakland over the last two years. Liam Hendricks. Talk about an overpowering righty with you know just an incredible ninety six mile an hour heater. Not just the, the velocity, but he's a high spin rate guy. You know? He is who Yankees fans think Chad Green is. That's who he is. Speaking of Green. He is who Yankees fans think Chad Green is. He's 2017 Chad Green. You know, high spin rate. You know, mid to high 90s fastball velocity. Um, high K rate versus a low walk rate, right? 
13.1 Ks per nine versus 2.1 walks per nine the last couple of seasons. Very, very efficient. So, you know, he's an analytics dream. All the, the, the metrics love this guy. But unlike some guys who have good metrics, he produces. You know, it's not just the stuff that you look at. And not just a fan graph shit that says he's good, but he actually proves it, right? Um. So yeah, he might be a little pricey if the Yankees are if the Yankees are trying to stay under the two ten. You know, they might shy away from him. Three years, thirty million is what I'm hearing. That's ten million annual value. Um, maybe this might be a stretch, but maybe he looks for three years, forty million. It's like a 13 million AAV. I don't know. You never know. You know, he he is 32 years old. He does have a lot of innings under his belt. And obviously the market has put a cap on a lot of teams. So, you know, he might not get what he wants. But he will probably get more than any other reliever out there. Because he is the best relief pitcher on the market in free agency at the moment. Um, another name I'm hearing is Archie Bradley. I think he was with Arizona most recently. Another very good relief pitcher. Not quite Liam Hendricks, but he's still very good. Still very good. Has a 295 ERA the last four seasons since making the transition from a starting pitcher in his first two years to a relief pitcher. He was a horrendous starting pitcher. Horrendous. So if you look at the ERA overall, it looks worse than he is because you know, he's a very reliable relief pitcher. 295 as a reliever. Um, and, 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 you know... I think he's got a fucking fastball curveball combo that works effectively. Occasionally he'll, he'll mix in a sinker and a changeup, but I think for the most ball, uh, for the most part, he's gonna fucking throw that fastball sixty something percent of the time, and then go to his curve when he needs to. Uh, pretty high K rate as well, nine point nine Ks per nine over the last four years. Uh, the walks per nine is three point one, but it's a little tricky because it was four point five. One year. Uh, but three out of the last four years, it's been 2.6 or lower. The walks per nine. So, another, you know, efficient pitcher. Strikes you out. Doesn't walk you. And, he, and he's, a, he's a ground ball machine, too. Bradley gets ground balls. I, I think he allowed fucking, what? Uh, one home run last season. Just one home run and I think four home runs as an average per 162 um, since becoming a reliever. He's very, he keeps the ball on the ground and that's what you want in Yankee Stadium. Give me another guy like Britton. Keeps the ball on the ground and when he's not getting the ground outs, he's striking you out. Give me that. Give me that. His fastball sits around 94. Um, And he's affordable, you know. I think... uh, Obviously more affordable than Hendricks. Uh, I, I think Bradley was commanding like uh, I think he was expected to make four point three million, four point three million um, in arbitration before he became a free agent. So, um, you know he's he's affordable. The Yankees can definitely, you know, cook something up here for for Bradley and toss him a deal. That's that's um, going to keep them under the tax and not affect anything else they do. Too drastically. You know, he's 28 years old, so he is young. 
So um, that's really it. You know, that, those are the couple things I just I just wanted to hop on here and talk about real quick. Um, you know, Liam Hendricks, fireballer, overpowering mano y mano. You know, what the Yankees fans think of Chad Green. That's who he actually is, Hendricks. Hendricks is 2017 Chad Green. Fuck, he's good. Uh, might be a bit too pricey for the Yankees. You know, the Yankees are trying to stay under the tax. So, Bradley is not a bad fallback plan. Um, and that's it, guys. You know, no thank you to Kyle Schwarber. Um, yes, please, to LeMayu for five years, 100. No problem with that. Um, Gio Urshela, got to hope he's ready by opening day. Can't expect that. Got to expect the worst of the worst at this point with the Yankees and their injuries. Um, Gary Sanchez, a couple of strikeouts on Friday. Bounces back with a homer tonight. Don't really care. And um, Cashman wants Boone around for 10 more years. So that's fun. <laughs> All right, let's head to break. When we get back, we'll get to the NYY, NYK question of the day. Quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribe to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. All right, so in episode 190, our NYY NYK question of the day, what was the lowest regular season win total for a World Series champion Yankees team? What was the lowest regular season win total for a World Series champion Yankees team? That was the question for episode 190. The answer to that question, 87 wins. I think that was back in 2000 against the Mets. When they won the World Series. They had an 87 win regular season total. Fucking low man. But hey they got it done. Um, Now tonight's NYY NYK question of the day. For episode 191. I am asking you to name. One of the two Yankees. To hit a Grand Slam. But lose a World Series game. Okay. So two Yankees have done that. I'm just asking you to name one. So, once again, name one of two Yankees to hit a Grand Slam in a World Series game that resulted in a loss. So, one last time. One last time. In episode 191, our NYY NYK question of the day. Name one of two Yankees to hit a Grand Slam in a World Series game loss. All right, so message me the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or just comment the answer once I publish the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Can't thank you enough. Once again, I appreciate every single one of you who do tune in, all two of you. So um, keep doing so. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Please subscribe to the podcast. Just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. That will take you to a specific page that displays all my information. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. That's all we've got for tonight. Might as well wrap it up right now. And um, I don't know when I'll uh, record the next episode. I don't know who it's going to be on, Knicks, Yankees. But whatever happens on either side, I'll, I'll be sure to... Um, 
do a show if something happens, you know, something big, something small, something worthy of talking about. Um, I know the first half schedule was released for the Knicks, but other than that, there's not much to really talk about. And how long could you talk about a fucking first half schedule? So <laughs> fucking, I don't know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to be heavy on the Knicks. Like I said, pretty soon we're going to be most Nick, mostly Knicks and, and very few Yankee shit unless some kind of breaking news happens because the NBA is starting up on December 11th. The preseason begins and we'll be right on our normal schedule then, right? Recapping games every night in the blog and um, recapping um, every two games um, as far as the podcast goes. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, I'm your host, Rob Carbone. With episode 191 of the podcast tonight. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. And all that fun stuff. Stay safe, stay healthy, and do what you please. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.